0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals, your Washington Capitals fall by a score of two to three. Let's talk about that game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. well hello and welcome into this edition of locked on capitals i'm so glad you decided to join me today as always this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms and i want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmie. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts. So in this episode we will talk about a caps team, you know, that showed, you know, stretches of resurgence and tenacity, uh, you know, kind of over, you know, overcoming obstacles out there. The Capitals went into Thursday's game against the Maple Leafs looking to put their season opening loss to Boston Bruins behind them and they couldn't do it. Um we'll talk about the, the game tonight. We'll also talk about Charlie Lindgren, and I think that he ultimately played a great game. Yes, I know the Capitals lost, but I still think that Charlie played a good game. We'll talk about that in this show. Then a little bit later, we will talk about the production of the fourth line. Generally, you don't think of the fourth line as the, you know, the line with all the production. You think of, you know, the Ovechkin line or the Backstrom line when he's here. But as of late, um, it has been the fourth line that has been really showing up. So just to get it going here. Um, You know, I don't mean to be too much doom and gloom here. Um, I think the Capitals played an okay game. You know, they kind of took their eye off the puck a little bit or their eye off the ball, if you will. Um, And that's ultimately, you know, was the demise of the game. You know, you take a look at it, uh, you know, there was some pretty solid pressure by the Capitals uh, in the second uh, period, I believe. The Leafs had nine minutes between shots. So that tells you that the Washington Capitals were doing uh, the right thing defensively, kind of clamping down on them and not letting things get out of control. So there were spurts of things um, going well. You know, the game ending goal uh, was ultimately when uh, it was shot and deflected a little bit and Lindgren put his glove up and the puck came in it and it kind of squiggled around a little bit and went over the top of his glove Um, You know, maybe it wasn't the best mechanics in the world, but I can't ultimately fault Charlie Lingren for that. Just looking at the game, though, I think that the the Capitals were working together uh, much better as a a unit tonight uh, for most of the the game. You know, ultimately, they didn't pick up the win, so it wasn't a perfect game. But I do think it was an improvement uh, over the game against the Bruins. And, you know, the progression is what we're looking for. Again, I think... You know that uh, Lindgren played a good game. I know that he didn't get a W. He didn't get a win, uh, but uh, Charlie made 36 saves on 39 shots. And uh, you know how it is. Everyone, you know that that looks at a goalie, they're like, "Well, he didn't pick up a win. He didn't do that great a job." It all depends on what kind of defense was in front of him. And, you know, the the defense in front of Charlie was a bit shaky at times. I think that, you know, he didn't allow in a lot of beach balls out there. I think that, you know, for the most part, he made the saves that he had to save. And, uh, you know, I suppose if you asked him, he would say that he would change uh, things here or there. Um, it was a bit of a physical game, you know, with with Garnet Hathaway out there. He is the chirper in charge and uh, he was really giving it to uh, the Maple Leafs top line for for a good chunk of the game. And uh, we need Hathaway doing that. You know, sometimes it's kind of like more of a mental game to just kind of start whispering in these guys' ears and shoving them a little bit. And you could see they were starting to kind of boil over a little bit, Hathaway and Bunting chirping. And this kind of continued throughout the game. And then there was a big shoving match around the net. And, um, you know, ultimately what they need is another, they need another tough guy out there. Without Tom Wilson out there, they need an enforcer. You know, I know they got Alexi Protest Protus that's got a big frame and I know that Anthony Mantha has a big frame, but neither one of these guys, from what I've seen in a small sample size, have anything, you know, in them intrinsically like Tom Wilson. That's, you know, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to intimidate you. And I think that, you know, ultimately the Caps need someone like that on this team right now. Uh, in Wilson's absence. If they need to call up someone from Hershey or whatever the case is, they, they, they need to be um, have a little bit more intimidation and they need to have a little bit more of a physical game out there because I don't want to say that the, I thought the Capitals were getting pushed around, but you do notice um, a lack of that sandpaper in that grit that was out there. Some of the highlights for me out there was seeing Marcus Johansson uh, get on the score sheet, as we know that he was on the Capitals years ago and came back and has played on five different teams in between then. So, you know, Marcus Johansson getting on the scoring sheet. Uh, was a really good thing. Marcus Johansson scores his first goal of the season to put the Caps ahead 2-1. Trevor Van Van Riemsdyk recorded the secondary assist. Um, And then just these are some of my notes from the game. I thought that Lindgren was playing big under pressure. And, uh, you know, he did really show um, uh, signs of promise for me because he doesn't have a lot of experience in the NHL. He has, you know, a lengthy track record in AHL, but he doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience. So what I saw tonight was promising. Again, I know they didn't get the result that they were looking for, but for me, I thought that Charlie played well. There's not a lot I would change about his game. Washington's power play went 0 for 5 tonight and is 0 for 9 to start the season, PK has given up two goals in as many games. Charlie Lingren had his moments tonight. Quite impressive, but that game winner for Matthews was the difference. Lindgren had 36 saves. So, again, there were things that I would change about the game, sure. Ultimately, I was hoping for a win because, you know, to start the season 0-2, it doesn't give you a really great feeling. You know, a lot of the the people, the talking heads around the NHL were kind of pegging this team not to do well, you know, a bubble team at best. Um so, you know, I was hoping to come into the season to prove um a lot of those guys wrong. And I know we're only the second game in. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but you know, being down 0 2 uh, to start this the season is not ideal, shall we say. Uh, the Caps play the Canadians on Saturday night. And that should be an interesting one. As we know, the Canadians defeated uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's going to be interesting to see. This is a Canadians team that last year, to be honest with you, was, was quite horrible. But uh, who knows what kind of, what the team identity is going to be like this year. You know, they have a pedigree of being good in the past. Um, You know, if you think about years ago when the Capitals um, played uh, the Canadians in the playoffs, they gave the Capitals fit. So, I mean, again, that's many years ago and I don't know what they have in the tank this year, but it will be interesting um, nonetheless to see what they have. All right, so after the break here, we will break down the game a little bit more. We'll talk about the highlights. We'll talk about the production of the fourth line. We'll go into a little bit more in depth on Charlie Lane. Charlie Ling game we'll talk about that next BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing and golf, Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the Capitals and the loss uh, tonight uh, or um, last or yesterday night, if as you're listening to this. So in this next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Charlie Lindgren and the signs of promise. This was written in NBC Sports Washington, you know, that the Washington signed Lindgren to a three-year deal, $3.3 million in the offseason In a calculated move based on the veterans' backup success and limited NHL sample size, Lindgren went 5-0-0 with a 1.22 goals against for the Blues last season. He spent most of the season with the Thunderbirds and posted an impressive 2.221 goals against in 34 games, signing him to be their backup behind Kemper this season. The Capitals brought in Lindgren rather than stick with either of their goalies from the 21-22 season, and that was one of the things that they talked about in the broadcast tonight. I was watching the Canadian feed because for whatever reason, NBC Sports Washington was giving me issues. And uh, sometimes I like listening to the different Canadian feeds anyway. So I was watching that and they were talking about that they thought that the Capitals, you know, they knew they were going to move on from one of the netminders, but they thought that they would keep at least one of them and they pegged. Samson off, which many people did because he was drafted higher. Um, and then they were talking about just the interesting move. you know that it was kind of a statement move like I've talked about that they were cutting ties. They didn't give qualifying offers to either one of their netminders. Um, so you know it was a move that I think was a wise move to make because ultimately, you know, I don't think you were going to see uh, any real improvement out there. And lingering did show some promise. For the first two periods, Lingren was fantastic. He stopped 20 of 21 shots in the first period alone, giving up just one goal on a Toronto power play that came at the end of a long possession with a group of tired-out caps, penalty killers in front of them. The second goal he allowed came in the second period on a high-danger chance created by some smart passing. So that's what I'm talking about. Stopping 20 of 21 shots in the first period, I'm going to go ahead and say that's pretty good. Um, So, you know, it's kind of reading into things a little bit. You can't just take a look at the score and and say, well, they lost, so the goalie sucked. No, that's not what you can do. you got to kind of look into the analytics and the statistics to show you that, in fact, Charlie Lindgren did play pretty good. Ultimately, I'm sure that the Capitals will end up going back to uh, Darcy Kemper on Saturday night. But, um, you know, I I don't fault, you know, Darcy or Charlie in the first two games. I think that they played well. And, um, you know, I think it is a positive sign considering what the Capitals had in that last year, which was inconsistency. So positive steps moving forward, I will say. For Sam Sonoff, the same up and down results that he saw in D.C. were present even with him wearing the blue and white Toronto didn't allow a single high danger chance in the entire first period, yet he served up a pair of scores that neither on the power play nor the product of an odd man rush. He picked up the win, win, but it wasn't a pretty one. You know, and I'm sure uh, to a certain extent that Samsonoff was patting himself on the back and saying, ha ha ha, former team, I guess I showed you. Maybe he wasn't saying that, but, uh, you know, you can pontificate and think about that. But, um, you know, he can't really walk away from that game thinking that, you know, I played that well because ultimately he didn't play that well. What I saw in Sam Sonoff out there was a bit of the same of what we saw from him last season in this in the season before. So I think that the net minding situation in Toronto is going to continue to haunt them. I don't think that Murray, or I don't think that Samsonov are going to be the right fit. You know, Campbell went on um, over to the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, I think that he'll probably help that Oilers team out a lot. I think that for whatever reason, the Toronto Maple Leafs always have a hard time at picking a good netminder. And I hate to say it, but I don't think that Sam Sonoff or Murray, you know, unless they can get the Murray from uh, the Penguins years, uh, as we all know, he had a, a rough go of it in Ottawa. So hopefully, uh, you know, for them, they can figure it out. The special team woes continue into Game 2. After going 0-4 for on the power play Wednesday against the Bruins, the Capitals were once again shut out on special teams as they failed to convert on any of their five chances in Toronto, including one that lasts for the final 44 seconds of the game. Um, Washington didn't generate a single high-danger scoring chance while allowing Maple Leafs to pick up three such chances shorthanded. The Caps mustered only three shots on goal, in a five on four situations. These are the things that they're going to have to hammer down on and figure out. Uh, they don't have a game uh, tomorrow night uh, or tonight, you know, as you listen to this. So they are going to have some time to take a look at some of the film, assess this, you know, the video coaches go over it to coaches say, this is working. This isn't working and address it, you know, cause you don't want to start off the season in the hole. I know it's only the second game of the, of the regular season, But they've already lost two games, so they don't want that to get any worse. To make matters worse, the Maple Leafs' power play looked potent as they cashed in on a goal in the first period and likely would have scored more had it not been for the play of Lindgren over their first two games. The Caps have killed penalties at a rate of just 33%. And that's, you're not going to win a lot of games this year if that's how you're going to continue to play. Um, So they're going to have to have the coaches look at it and address it and work on this with the players um, if they want to have any hope of continuing their success. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the fourth line. Generally not the line you think of as great production, but that's not the case with the Washington Capitals. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the Capitals loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, you know, kind of taking a look at the good and the bad. It wasn't all bad. I know that they lost, but there is some good in here as well. Dowd, Johansson provide Capitals offense just as they did Wednesday. The Capitals scored both of their goals on even-strength situations, while Washington's usual suspects as Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Oshie, John Carlson have been held without a goal over their first two games. Its fourth line once again stepped up to provide some offense when center Nick Dowd took a slip pass from Eric Gustafson to get Washington on the board and that's the fourth line doing great things Nick Dowd Hathaway out there that's what I'm talking about when those guys are out there and you add Eric Gustafson out there it is a great combination and if you haven't seen it I see that the it's available on NBC Sports Capitals take a look at it a sweet goal out there um And just to get that kind of production out there. Um, So it's that's that's the big thing that you do uh, that you have to do is you have to look uh, out there and you have to look for the positive things. Again, it's not all bad when we looked at the game out there. I think that, you know, if you take a look at it at at a negative light, you're going to say that they played poor. I think they, they just have things to work on. It was then the veteran Marcus Johansson who gave the Capitals their two-to-one lead. Scooping up a puck, Oshie managed to take away from Toronto and firing it past Sam Sonoff for the score. And like I talked about off the top of the show, it is good to see Mojo get his Mojo going again and uh, get on the score sheet. I've always liked Marcus Johansson in a kind of an odd thing that happened when I was down at Kettler at the time it was called. I actually had a chance to meet him outside Kettler Ice Complex. And uh, a very nice guy took a few moments to take uh, his uh, picture with me and uh, just just a real nice guy. But uh, in any event, um, I I'm glad to see that he's back on the capitals and he is getting some production in there. You know, like I talked about in yesterday's show, a lot of people are like, well, why did they have Marcus Johansson on the team over Axel Jansson, Fielbi or Leeson, or why is he in over McMichael or Snively? They like him because he can play any of the positions He um, has a level of trust with the players that are familiar with him. You got to think he goes way back with a lot of the caps players. You talk about, you know, Ovechkin and Oshie and that kind of thing. So there's some of the intangibles that uh, Marcus Johansson brings to this team. And I'm happy he's back. I think that he, he fills uh, the void and he fills a role uh, that the capitals are looking for. So, You know, to the people that want to say, well, you know, Mike Michael is this shiny new toy that they should put into the lineup. Yeah, but he's still a bit of an unproven commodity. And if you ask me, I still think that he needs a bit of work before he gets game in, game out duties. So in any event, it was good to see Marcus Johansson on the score sheet. Uh, so some of the things that we're gonna have to look for for the capitals against the Canadians is working on those special teams like like I talked about some of the stats there you know the penalty kill and the power play they've got to get those. Coming along. They got to get that production going on out there. If they want any chance of, you know, keeping any ground in this metropolitan division, because it's going to be a tough division. I mean, who is everyone pegging to win uh, the Metro division? Everyone is saying that it's going to be Carolina or New York. And Lord knows I don't want them to be right. I want this capitals team to show some resurgence. I want them to show everyone that I know that we have, we're the second oldest team in the NHL. But, you know, we have Alex Ovechkin on our side. We have two really great goalies. We have some great defensemen, and we have some great forwards. And let's put it all together in a pot and see what cooks. You know, put it in the oven for 325, for 30 minutes, and I bet you it comes out success. In any event, I think that this Capitals team is, is headed in, in a good direction. But, you know, again, they're going to have to work, fine-tune some of the things out there if they want to go forward. It's the special teams out there. Let's, you know, let's kind of magnify the positivity. Because if you always just dwell on the negativity, it's going to take the team down. Let's concentrate on the great play of Kemper and Lindgren in the first two games of the season. Let's concentrate on the great production of the fourth line and then work on the things that need working on instead of just concentrating on the negative aspects on this team. Because I do think that they are poised for bigger and better things this this year. Do I think that they're going to finish on the top of the Metro? I'm not so sure. If they even are a bubble team this year, who cares? If they make it to the playoffs and they can make it past the first round, that is my above all end all for this team. Of course, a Stanley Cup would be ideal, but if they can't do this or if they can't do that, Let's hope that this team can at least make it past the first round. They haven't done it since 2018. Lord knows it's time. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you Fantasy Edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.